Yo, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Festia Podcast. I'm your host, Manny, a.k.a. Frisky Hug. And for this week's episode, we have Stephanie Rosa joining us. Stephanie and I talk a lot about monetizing yourself, um, kind of finding your value in things, how to grow in this industry. There's a lot of big topics that we cover in this episode. But if you were looking to kind of grow in this industry, this episode is filled with tons of information. I recommend going just listen to the entire episode. Um, so Stephanie Rosa is a good friend of mine, and she's also the VP of Sales over at Fest Ticket. Uh, we get uh, we get to know her a little bit more, and we also get a lot of like tips and tricks on how basically how to just get better at like getting contracts and how to you know find your value in things when when you're working in the in the industry. Um, I don't have the shout outs of the week for this week, so this one's gonna be a little interesting, gonna be a little short. Um, I'm falling a little behind on a lot of stuff, so I need to cut down some things. Uh, I'm in the middle of finding a job. Um, I'm like my fourth interview right now. Uh, just finished uh, doing a new logo, so if you haven't noticed already on the YouTube channel, uh, we do have a new logo. I've been working on all that today, so. I decided I was going to skip on the shout outs and then that way I can work on some other stuff. But without further ado, get ready for this episode. Okay, so I'd like to welcome Stephanie Rosa to the podcast. Hello, how are you, Manny? Doing great. I'm so happy to have you finally on here. I know like we talked, we actually saw each other at high ground, which is really, really cool. Um, Thank you for the opportunity to like, you know, influence and do all that stuff with uh, with you and then with, uh, with high ground. That was pretty cool. Totally. I love working with you. So this will be <laughs> so, fun today. <laughs> so for, I know you very, very well, but the viewers might not, um, if you wouldn't mind just a quick intro. Yeah. So my name is Stephanie, like Manny said, um, I've been working in the music festival industry for about the last six coming up on seven years, which is kind of crazy to look back. Um, previously working in, in medical devices and kind of losing my losing myself and really trying to figure out what my passion was um, and really realizing that it was in music. Um, had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of different companies that we'll talk about today and currently sitting as the VP of sales at Fest Ticket and leading the growth expansion here for North America. So that's a short, quick, short, quick intro on me. <laughs> And honestly, I know I told you that uh, probably on your um, Instagram, but congratulations on becoming VP of sales for one. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I know we were, you were just said it, you said it perfectly. We we're going to be talking about some of these companies and stuff like that. Um, so one of the companies that I wanted to kind of bring up because it's kind of how me and you kind of like, I, that's how I knew you as like, you know, the festival squad, you know, um, would you mind talking a little bit like festival squad? What is it? Is, is it still going on? I mean, <laughs> I don't even. Tell us everything. It is. <laughs> it is. Okay. Yeah. So Festival Squad actually, and let me just turn on my, because uh, there's a lot of uh, cars by me. Okay. So <laughs> Festival Squad really started as, it started as a blog and it actually started as a blog called Sights and Sounds with Steph.com. Um, after deciding to kind of turn away the music festival, or uh, sorry, the uh, medical device industry and kind of turning the page into the music festival space, I was traveling abroad by myself and going to a lot of different music festivals. And when I was doing that, I was writing about it. So Sites was going to these different cities. Sounds was going to these music festivals. And I'm Steph. Um, as I kind of went- the Instagram page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. When people get it, I love it. They're like, oh my gosh. Um, and so like, that was my blog though. You know, that was Sites and Sounds with mm-hmm. Steph.com. Do you still, still exist? Okay. I do. Literally, yeah. Same question, same answer. I love it. <laughs> I do still have it. Um, I don't. I don't update it regularly. Um, but when I finally came back to the states after traveling abroad and going to a bunch of different music festivals in different countries, and then going to Burning Man, I kind of realized I was like, you know what? This is a really good. This is a good idea. I should really, you know, move forward with like mm-hmm. the festival side of it because I was looking at the data and noticing, you know, a few people would look at like my sites articles about, you know, riding around in Paris or going to Barcelona, but they were a lot more people like three or four times more people were reading about me going to music festivals abroad. And then I realized, well, okay, I could start to do this. 
Um, so after Burning Man, I was like, I need to rebrand it and I need to stay out of it. I don't need to be like the poster child of, of music festivals. So I want to build a team and like a community. And then Festival Squad was born. I was just like thinking about these different names and trying to figure out. And I was like, festival, festival crew, festival this, festival that, festival squad. Yeah, you Honestly, know, thinking good. of a name is thinking of a name is like super hard. People don't understand. It's like think of your DJ name, think of your like community yes. name, think of my Instagram name and all that's like thinking of Festival Podcast took me like a good like three weeks. I wasn't to be driving on the road. I'm like, oh, is that a good name? <laughs> Right. And it's like, what, what's memorable? And also what would someone want to be a part of, you know, yeah, like yeah. what would they be like, okay, this is good. You know? Uh, so the first press pass that I'd ever received, um, which I, by the way, never even know press passes. I, I didn't even know that press passes were a thing, but I was actually in a hostel, I think in Italy. And I was telling somebody there like, oh yeah, like I'm going to go to this festival. I'm going to write about it at my blog. And he was like, you know, you can get a press pass for that. Right. And I was like, what? Like what's at, that? A, at a hostel <laughs> <laughs> at a hostel. And yeah, like he was like, oh yeah, there's applications. Like if you're going to write about it, they should give you a pass for it. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. So when I kind of realized it, I was like, you know, this would be great. I can invite other people to join festival squad. And then I can tell them like, if you write about the festival, we'll give you press passes under festival squad. And then we can start going and documenting these festivals. Mm -hmm. And my thought was really to create like an encyclopedia. Yeah. I wanted to create an encyclopedia of festivals. How can you easily filter through capacity, music type, things to do, you know, because and you go to a ton of festivals, yeah. Manny, like there's different feels to all of them. So how can we like categorize them? Right. So that was kind of the idea behind it. Um, and it's kind of just progressed from there and, it's really just a publication that embodies what is being, being a fan and being in that community. And that means things like fashion, dating, getting married at a festival, yeah, you know, so the much. crazy people that you see, all that kind of stuff. My hands are pretty much off of it. It's primarily being run uh, by two individuals, our editor in chief, as well as our director of operations who are really running it internally and just making sure that it's a, what I think it's really meant for now is to mm -hmm. be a stepping stone into the music and festival industry so people can work full time. Oh my gosh. Like you just do a whole <laughs> bombshell of it. I have like so many more questions now. <laughs> oh, okay. So like, uh, all right. And, and I should have run some of this stuff down, but like, I'm like, Oh, I remember, but there's just so much to talk about. Um, so I kind of want to start with like one, where are you originally from? Oh, I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, but I have not lived there since 2010. So are you like a househead then? Because like you're from Chicago or are you like, I'm supposed to be. <laughs> no, you know me. I'm all for the base, the dirty, <laughs> yeah. the dirty space base. Like I love Wakan. So like shout out Wakan. Cause like I'll at seven, six, I usually wake up about like, six six thirty in the morning now and i'll start driving to work about 7 30 and i'm blasting wakan um anything space basey is my jam and i really love that you were talking about um like you know writing a blog and stuff and then you know getting a pass and stuff like that um i got recently asked a question maybe you can answer it because i feel like you're just better at answering these kind of questions but like um how can you travel from from like, you know, state to state and not like break bank. Like how, how can you manage to like go to these festivals for free? Um, I guess, I guess if I'm an influencer and I'm asking you for advice, right? Like um, how can I, how can I go about that? How can I go about like getting to these festivals for free? That is such a good question. So I think that there's a couple parts to, to that answer. One part is making sure that you have that festival ticket secured. A lot of music festivals do influencer programs and a lot of them do press programs. And they also recognize influencers as press because at the end of the day, when you drill down what press means, it means having an audience to communicate to. Um, so if you have that, they'll provide you with the pass. So step one is like getting the pass, which is a big expense. Another expense can oftentimes be, you know, travel by plane. That's a big one. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of us don't live in the state that we love our, like our exactly, favorite festival might right. be out of state. Um, credit card points are probably my number one favorite. Um, 
looking at these different credit card offers that give you a lot of points. So for example, like a Southwest card or mm-hmm. a, a Chase United card, something like that, they'll have a sign up bonus where you sign up for the card, you get approved. And then once you get approved, you get like a hundred thousand or 60,000 points, a huge bonus, but you have to spend like two or $3,000 within the first couple of months. What I have done and what I did actually to afford a lot of my travel when I was abroad, um, like in Europe, is I'd put everything on there. I was putting rent on there and then paying it off, you know, different bills that you have. Mm -hmm. If a family member has a TV purchase coming up, buy that, ask, you know, on your card and ask them to, to send you over the money, things like that to really rack that up and then use it to your advantage. Those card points are huge, but if that doesn't really sound like your thing, cause that's not everybody's thing. And they're like, that's too much for me to try to manage, right. reach out to brands that are growing and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to this music festival. I have all these, you know, all these followers. I'd love to wear your brand or showcase your brand or get some great photos for your brand. I'm asking for, you know, this product and this product in addition to $50 to help me get there. Um, And if you're someone that is good with contracts, which you can easily get online, put a contract together. Say, I'm going to give you 10 images in exchange for this. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Contracts are my thing. I'm like, put it in writing. You know, because then it feels good on both sides. I don't feel like if I'm a brand, I'm not going to send you something and then that something goes nowhere. I never mm-hmm. get my photos from you. But then it also quantifies things like I'm going to give you 10 edited photos in exchange for $50 in this backpack or $50 in this outfit or something like that. So it yeah. feels good on both ends. And then there's also dates. Like what date are you going to give them? what date are you going to give them their, their images and what date are they going to send everything out to you? So that's oh how I would do it. Those that's are how like I have really done good tips. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I asked you because I'm going to go in. That's I'm going to go. Uh, cheers. Cheers. I'm going to go cheers. more in like, uh, I'm doing like a mini episode because somebody asked me this question. I'm like, Oh, that's a really good topic that we're going to, I can probably discuss in a good 20 minute thing. Um, How their, their thing was like, how are you doing all of this? How are you, you basically. Right. I'm like, how are you going to all these festivals? How are you, how do you not break bank and all that stuff? And like, you know, um, obviously uh, you helped me with a bunch of it. I mean, and then like um, other, um, other community, you know, uh, um, I wouldn't say apps, but other community pages like Festival Babes or other brand managers. And like, you know, I work, I work for the Rave Doctor and like, they're like, oh, you write blogs for us. We will get you a free ticket to a festival. Like, you know, you yeah. get these opportunities, but also like reach out. And um, I mean, thank you for like all those tips. I'm, I'm sure somebody listed this right now. People like, jotting it down like oh i this, hope so these are good tips like i'm telling you guys um okay so that was all for like the festival squad I mean, that was really intriguing like you like probably that story about you like you getting told that the hostel's gonna crack me up i swear i took <laughs> i took so much good stuff about you i was talking about you on the last podcast i'm like i can't wait to have her on here like she's just like you're just a, you're just so good with like all this marketing stuff um thank you um, so after Festival Squad, um, what what came after? I know we were talking before the podcast something about like where's Amanda and you guys had this. What was it? A fest uh, festivate? Festivate, yes. And sorry that my light keeps going out on me here. Um, so yeah, festivate. So basically, so Festival Squad was kind of it was an established company in the sense that we had recognition from a lot of these PR agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these festivals, they knew who we were. They they recognized us as, as a publication. And the question was, how do I monetize this? And for the longest time, I know, right? It's like, it's, that's it's, the question, the golden question. That's like, oh the my question. God. I'm so glad you said that because that's literally been like my entire life. It was like, it's like you're going to do something, monetize it. Like, And, and I hate to totally. sound like a, a huge money grabber, but my bills don't get paid without monetizing. No. And, and quite frankly, like what a lot of folks don't understand is having a website alone and having like even a branded email address, that all costs money. The hosting costs money every year, the domain, like it, it all adds up. And like, I'll tell you, like at the end of the year, I spend probably around $2,500 every year on Festival Squad alone. Mm-hmm. And it may not sound like a lot, but when you're talking about all these other expenses, like it does add up. Um, so the question is like, 
how do you get it to be a self-sustaining business? And then how do you get it to monetize? Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry about this light, by the way, we You're might just good. have to make do, but it should be good. Um, you should be just good right there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think what I initially thought was, I don't want to put ads all over the website. I just don't. That was just mm-hmm. not something that I wanted to do. And then I realized that actually advertising is important and I don't necessarily have to have like diaper ads on festival squad, but instead I can utilize my team that are content creators that are photographers and videographers and offer festival brands, this very curated experience. Like, Hey, we have a team of photographers and videographers, look at their work, choose your favorite We'll take your product to a festival. We'll have people model and showcase it. And we'll charge you a fee for doing it. Those those pictures are then owned by you. And then we'll also utilize our publication in order to to promote it on top of it. Mm -hmm. So now you've got something that lasts forever. And then you've got also this like promotion in addition. And it worked well. We wound up working with big brands. Uh, Lyft was probably our biggest client for a while, which was awesome. Um, But... It was hard for the recurring side. Like we would get these projects and we would get paid on these projects, but it was hard with the recurring revenue. There's no Mm -hmm. subscription. There's no yearly commitment or anything like that. So it became difficult. Um, But also it was about the fact that Festival Squad was a B to C company. So, and now I started realizing like, well, actually I need to build a B2B brand, Mm -hmm. you know? So rather than really going hard with festival squad, I need to build like a sub brand that's kind of off utilizing festival squad, but branded differently so that B2B companies understand what we're doing and who we are. And that's when Festivate came to be. So that's kind of like, that was how that grew. Um, And our first client with Festivate was ShiftPod. And it was at the 2018 EDC Las Vegas, the very first camping one. And so we helped them build a really cool activation inside the camping area because they were the ones that were producing those like space-like tents. Yeah, so I that love was our client. The pause. Uh, they're, they're great. Right? I, I love them too. I have two of them. Like, And Christian and Kristen are the two owners of the company and they're fantastic mm-hmm. people to work with too. Yeah, there's a, I was talking to somebody. I was like, oh, I'm like, like I, I just really don't want to camp without like those shift pods. Honestly, they're just, they're just so convenient. They're just so good. And like, um, and I love like, the, I love that whole experience when I went to EDC. And um, you know, we'll, we'll jump into like camp EDC since we're already on the topic. Which you might as well just go with that for right now. Um, because I said I, I don't want to really camp without the shift pods. And like, it, I don't know if it's a bougie part of me that's just that does that. Uh, I don't want to feel entitled and stuff like that. Like. Like I deserve to be like set up for, but I love that experience and I'm willing to pay for it. Um, 100%. It's glamping. Yeah, it really was. Um, Except for like this year, they took off the ACs, which we're not going to talk about. I heard. That was an entire insomniac decision. It is what it is. We're not going to, I'm not going to keep beating this dead horse. Um, But talk to me about like what, how that came to be. Like what made you guys, like, I'm just so curious on how this all got orchestrated. Just camp EDC in general. Yeah. So at the time when I had like first kind of started thinking about this like B2B company that was Mm. totally branded differently than Festival Squad, I called Amanda and Amanda at the time was our international editor. Um, And she was our international editor because she had also quit her full-time corporate job in order to travel to these exotic destinations worldwide um, and go to these different festivals. So she was like leading the charge. It was so great. Um, And so she was like all over the place. Um, She went to so many different festivals, like including ones in like Thailand and England all in the same year. And I was like, you know, I know you're back in the States. I have this idea. Like, what do you think? And she was like, yeah, I love it. And at the time we were working with ShiftPod anyway. So the idea was hire us. We'll help you because he had re- so uh, Christian, the owner of ShiftPod, mm-hmm. as a part of what he had already negotiated with Insomniac, he was able to take some space at Camp EDC and basically do whatever he wanted with it in the campgrounds. So anybody that maybe were, was staying like in an RV or something could still interact with the brand. Okay. And so they knew they wanted to activate. So the, the question was like, 
how do we like really get the brand out there? How do we make it a fun way to interact with Shift Pod? So we started like brainstorming these ideas. We got this massive dome. We got we got custom built space looking tables with uh, plugs so that people could charge up in that little area. A bunch of bean bags, postcards that people could spend, send from outer space. We hired a costume designer to like fully get all of the like employees to be space attendants, uh-huh. working as like actors that were like talking about space and things like that because they look like spaceships and that was what really launched the brand um was just doing that and getting some recognition from there we started to really expand into the digital world too um sponsorships and activations for a little bit but then we started really getting into influencer marketing and different digital marketing campaigns and then the, and then helping events get more eyes on their event, utilizing these different tactics, utilizing influencers. So that was that company. It was like a Steph, whole you're so, project. Dude, you're so smart. <laughs> you're just, you're just so smart. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> let's, let's go, let's, let's turn into your more recent, um, I guess where you're at right now. Right. So, uh, best ticket. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that. What is best ticket? Yeah. So Fest Ticket is what we call an end-to-end platform. Uh, it is, it's a ticketing company at the end of the day. That's mm-hmm. really what it drills down to, but we do ticketing, we do RFID wristbands, and we do cashless payments all through one system. Um, we also have like a music festival discovery platform, which is like the B2C portion of it so that you can go online and find a festival. If you're traveling, let's say to Europe and you're going somewhere and you're like, what festivals? And that's actually fun story, Manny. That's actually how I first found out about Fest Ticket. So I was traveling in 2015 and I was going to these different countries and I was like, what, what festivals are happening at this date, this date, this time. And at this, you know, in this country or region (laughs) and electronic music, and then Fest Ticket would pop up and tell me, And so I had learned about Fest Ticket in 2015 and then later joined the company in 2019. I am so mad right now, Ben. I am so mad because like (laughs) I was just in Berlin and I was looking for events and I was like, Google, tell me something. (laughs) There are two websites that I would rely on. Musicfestivalwizard.com, which is run by an awesome guy, a very good friend of mine, uh, Vito, and then Fest Ticket. We're a great resource for that. Yeah, I had no idea. I wish I knew this before I went to Germany. That would have been great, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's okay. Google Google somewhat guided me through my my Germany experience, and I ended up in some underground raves at some point anyway. So I was like, love it. End of the night, I ended up raving. Um, but love it. Best ticket. I know that what best ticket was involved with Paradise Blue. You want to get like want to let us know how that even happened? How how did that start? Yeah. So. Like I said, so we're a ticketing company um, and we're an independent ticketing company, which means essentially, especially here, is that we're not Live Nation or AEG owned. So it makes us a little bit different in this space and who we get to work with and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, my really good friend, Tyler Faye, he started, he was working with Disco Donnie and they were building up these uh, destination curated events. So Ember Shores was the one that they just had. Yep. Um, and then Paradise Blue. And I was like, you know, we're really the best ticketing platform because we have a couple of really cool features for the individual that's buying the ticket. So obviously with these types of festivals, one ticket includes, so if you're getting like a ticket that includes like two queen beds, for example, let's mm-hmm. say that's four people in the room. Our system has the ability to split that one ticket four times and allows each person to pay their portion instead of the one person putting like four thousand. I know when I when I when I heard that for like Paradise because you did that you did that for Paradise Blue I believe right like yeah when I when I heard that because like that's always been my issue why I don't want to go is I don't want to front all the money I just want to like do my part and like if they don't like it's not going to reflect badly on me exactly. Um, Exactly. I mean, and that, and that's a big thing, especially with these like all inclusive style, or 
if someone's like, okay, this, you know, like electric forest, those tickets go out so fast. Oh, yeah. You want, if you have a friend that gets through, it's like, get my ticket, get my ticket, get my mm-hmm. ticket, get our camping spot. Well, how, what system out there can easily split up that whole cart between three or four friends. There is none. We're the only ones that can do that. Yeah. And so I think that was really enticing. Like EDC Las Vegas is one of the things like I wish because like, oh my God. Okay. So EDC Las Vegas, it not being like a thing for two years really messed everything up. A lot of people had split groups because two years is a really long time. Hell, people don't have their jobs for two years. People graduated two years. You know what I mean? Like a lot of stuff happens. And I wish that, you know, Insomniac had, you know, that same process where like, hey, you were in charge of your own. And, you know, if you don't have it and like, you know, it's not going to re- reflect badly on us and stuff. But uh, right. I mean, I, I wish I was right. more I, I wish I was more um, common. I wish it was like more of a common thing. It's a tech feature. So it, mm-hmm. it does require, you know, developers and whatnot to figure it out. Like, how do we how do we do this? How do we make it so that everybody is responsible for their own portion? And I think that for Paradise Blue, you know, it is an investment opportunity to go, to be able to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people don't have a huge credit limit and that's okay. But yeah. how do we still allow that group of friends to go so that each person could just cover their piece? Um, so, and that was how we presented it was like, you know, try our platform and we can show you like how it works. And it's been really great. You know, everybody, I think that's been, that's been purchasing tickets through us really appreciate certain features that we have. Um, and it's really exciting. as like a true base head, you know, to be able to work with excision's team and excision himself he is such a hands-on person he is very considerate of his fans and that's one of the things that i love the most um is he's very hands-on not only in the whole experience but also in the ticketing piece which not a lot of artists are so he asks a lot of questions he'll step in with concerns and it's been a really cool experience so that's like our that's probably like our biggest one um, coming up and that's coming up at the uh, end of April, beginning of May. So mm. I'm super excited to be in Cancun for that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I envy you. Um, have you ever, it's just a quick question. Cause I know I think of it sometimes too, but like um, just seeing where you, where you're at on, on your, on your journey, have you ever just thought to yourself, like, I can't believe this is my life. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's funny because like, and I told this story, I think like once online, you know, when I was moving away from medical devices and when I was like turning the page and over into festival life and I'll never forget that. And I won't call out which one, but one of my parents like looked at me and they were like, I'm so disappointed in you. And they were like, you are throwing your whole life away. And like, don't even talk to me. Like it was super emotional and like i like i won't get all teary-eyed right oh now my God. but i i <laughs> i called i called and i'm not gonna say if it was my mom or, or my dad because that's not fair but i called that parent the day that i got the offer to be the vp of sales mm-hmm. for this for for fest ticket and i was just like i told you i could do this like yeah. i told you that like i could turn my passion into like, Ooh, I'm getting chills. Um, yeah, this I, is I a good story. Really, yeah. This is a good story. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's not uncommon for parents to disagree with, you know, their child doing a certain thing. And it's like, I, I've had friends literally tell me that like, you're never going to get anywhere with this. Stop uploading so much. Stop pretending you're somebody you're not, you're not this. And like, I'm like, if I'm, if I, if I quit now, then, then what was the point of the last like two years of me doing this? So like I consistency, you know, but 100%. And like, it, it really does sometimes take you just believing in yourself and being like, I love this and I'll, and I will do this. And I'll tell you too, like, there was a lot of ups and there was a lot of downs. There was a lot of me making decisions, utilizing credit cards, like getting in really bad debt because mm-hmm. I was like, I know I can do this. I know, I know, I know. And you know, making those decisions that were really hard financially um, on me for years, especially coming off of a really well-paying job and like yeah. throwing it all to the side to do what I love. But yeah, look, when I look back on like those hard times, I'm like, I'm so glad that like I didn't give up on myself because now I have like now my family, like I called that parent when I told that parent, like I, I told you I could do it. 
that parent was like, I'm so proud of you. That's such a good, you know, (laughs) that is such a good feeling though. It's like, Oh, I hope to get there one day. And it was funny because we're just talking about this, but like 10 minutes before my podcast, right with you, um, I was talking to my roommate and I was just like going through like, I've just been going through like a lot right now. And like this transition, getting out of the army and like trying to find jobs and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I, you know, I had a little self doubt. I told my buddy, I was like, what if me doing this podcast just leads to nothing? I was like, just stop doubting myself before this podcast. No, but you know what? We've all been there. And I even said to myself, even while I was building Festival Squad, there were so many times where I was like, I should just stop doing this. This is taking up so much of my time. And sometimes it's not the one thing that you're focusing on. Sometimes it's the thing right after. Like sometimes it's that thing that led you to that next thing. Mm -hmm. Just like, Festival squad led me to festivate and festivate led me to fest ticket, you know, and sometimes it's that progression. Um, and sometimes it is that thing. Like you just, you never really know, but you have to trust the process and just know, like, so one of my friends, Gabrielle, AKA a hundred drums, love her shout out. She is crushing it. Um, I went and I liked her, uh, Facebook page today because I realized I, I had not, And so I went and I liked it and I looked and I saw that her Facebook page was uh, initiated in 2014, seven years ago, she started that page. And now, now seven years later, she's blowing up and it just takes time. That's all it takes is it just takes that time and that dedication to that passion um, to get there. And same with me, six years, you know, and that seems like a long time time but it goes by fast so like you're two you said two years in right mm-hmm. with a well keep with going the, yeah I'm, well, I'm like about like three about, it's about to be three years with the with the youtube channel and then like uh this is i started this podcast in june right so it's, it for me it's just like a, it's just slowly becoming a thing and like i just have to keep making sure like i don't have self-doubt because even my roommate in the and, and, you know downstairs we were talking about it and he's like um it's like, I thought you were going to like try to have like uh, a bigger thing with this podcast and do all these things. And like, it's going to take time, you know? And that was like me telling myself it's going to take time, but then I think that got to me and I was like, yeah, we're supposed to make things bigger than this. Wasn't it like, it, like, it's just so hard mentally. It takes a lot of time. If you think about even like SEO, mm-hmm. SEO, search engine optimization, the amount of time that it takes for a website to hit like the first or the second page of Google takes a long time based on keywords and things like that. So just with anything, you know, how do people Mm -hmm. find you so many different ways? There's so much out there. So the more that it like sits, the more you get out there, the more people are going to find you. And then they're going to be like, holy crap, what have I been missing out on? And it just like, you know, you look back and you're like, whoa, that just happened out of nowhere. And no, it didn't. It's just years later. It just feels like all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, I've been doing this whole influencer thing for about five and a half, maybe six years and stuff like that. And like, uh, I get DMs all the time and, and maybe that's why I'm saying it like publicly and stuff like that, because I am also human and I also have self-doubt and I also don't know where this is leading and it's stuff like that. Right. It's like, I, so whoever's listening and stuff like that, you know, maybe they're in the same shoes, but they're just lower numbers than me. And they're like, I want to be like him. Well, understand that I also am in the same position as you. I also don't know where I'm headed. Um, but I get DMs all the time about like advice and help and stuff. And I'm like, you know, the best thing I can tell them is my own experience. I just never stop. You know, I just never quit. And I'm like, that's that's where I'm at now. But like, I also don't think that this is the end game. Like, I have so much to go. And it's really nice that they think that like, you know, they're looking up to me for like advice and stuff like that, which I'm always willing to give out. No, like I get DMs all the time for advice and I'm always take time out of my day to give that advice. Um, but you know, it's just, I guess I'm just human and I want to make sure like I pub- say publicly, like, Hey, like I also like want to quit it literally retire. <laughs> like- oh, oh yeah. Like I I've learned the most from my failures, hands mm-hmm. down. The best lessons that I've ever learned have been the times that I've failed and miserably and whether that was, you know, financially, I was not in a good place because I was putting so much money into a business that was not giving me a profit. And that's happened many times yeah. or, you know, making decisions that just like weren't good overall. Like there's so many different things out there, um, you know, so many different paths that you can go down, but like embrace those failures or embrace any time where you're like, I shoot, I made a mistake. I should, I shouldn't have done that. Like that's when you continue to grow and build. Um, and you'll find it like 
not knowing your path is a good thing because it means that you're open and receptive to like where the world's going to take you. And you just never know the time that you're like sitting down with the right person or the right person hears your podcast. And they're like, you know what? That's exactly the person you're looking for. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And like all of a sudden then it happens. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen and stuff. Um, I got my buddy um, a backstage pass uh, recently and we were at the, we were at this venue and he was sitting right next to the right person at the right time. And I told him, Hey man, you need to look snazzy before we left his house. Like look snazzy. He, you know, wear a nice little like button up. Like he's like, why? I just want to be comfortable. I'm like, you never know who you're going to bump into. Yeah. He was sitting next to the right guy. And the guy's like, you look really good today. He, he was like, Oh, thanks. And he's like, um, sorry. They started talking. He's like, he's like, how would you like a job here? <laughs> next thing he knows <laughs> he's at home, right? He got a resume. <laughs> Wow. You see, like it just, and, and it, it's like, you never could have predicted something like that. You know, yeah. you never could have thought that like that, that's where things would lead. So I think being open and receptive to like different things is such a good quality to have. One of the first things I learned in business was always be two things, adaptable and flexible. You always have to adapt to your situation, adapt to your audience and always be flexible. Um, and if you're those two things, like you're going to make it. Yeah. But if you're like hard and stubborn, like it's a bit harder. If you're like, this is definitely where I want to go. Like I'm going to do this maybe, but like, maybe that's not, it's not a straight path. So yeah, keep, you gotta I, just keep going. I definitely had to learn how to not be stubborn. That was one of my biggest like things. It, no, for real. Like <laughs> I'm very, even to this day, I say I'm stubborn, but I'm not as stubborn as I used to be. Right. I can take criticism now. I can learn and adapt now before I really couldn't. It was like, like, Oh, who are they to fucking tell me that? Like, I, I need to do this and this, but like nowadays is like, um, you know, I got a DM the other day. They're probably listening because they're an avid listener to the podcast. Um, but they were like, um, Hey, like, I really think your podcast is going to blow up. Like, I'm like, you know, I, I literally think that you're doing really well. And it's about like, at any moment, the thing's just going to just hit. I think you need to change your logo because I, I would be worried that if like you got copyright track or like sued because Festy Hub is so close to like, you know, Pornhub and stuff like that. And you have the same yeah. orange. And, you know, at first I'm like, thank you. Like, you know, I, and I told him like, I, um, when I get a little bigger, I'll consider that. But I was on this pl on the plane ride right when he told me that. And I was like, I tend to think about it. And I was like, it doesn't hurt to do it now. And then that way I don't, I have secured my videos, you know, I was going to watch like, like maybe like a hundred episodes before I even thought about that. Cause I was going to change it, but I was like, why not do it now? Just, you know, somebody obviously noticed. And like, I think their words like resonated when they're like, oh, you're going to make, it's going to blow up. It's just like their, their hope gave me hope. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're probably yeah. Right. like, like, yeah. So I, you're actually like the first episode uh, of me trying to change my logo. I'm gonna try to change it by like that time. It's just gonna be a quick little great. thing. Um, you know what? Good. Yeah, it's great. It, that's great advice, though, is that you know what? You would make a lot of back work if you know, if when yeah. it blows up to have to go back and be like, oh, my gosh, I have to change this. Yeah. I have to change that. Blah, 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 blah. Like it is more work. Um, so I think that that's a great piece of advice is like, just get yourself like all set up. So you have no issues. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I think, uh, I think what it was, was I was kind of maybe doubting myself that it was even going to blow up, you know? Cause I was like, Oh, if it blows up, you know, for me, it was the, if, if it blows up, then I'll change it. Right. But yeah, I got to start thinking when and not if. Yes. Law of attraction. Um, law of attraction is huge. So one thing that I still have on my refrigerator, like literally I'm <laughs> looking at it right now is I have a dollar bill, uh, that a friend gave me with a bunch of zeros to say a million dollars. And that represents a check that I will receive one day for a million dollars. And I don't know when that's going to be, and I don't know how, but I know it's going to come. And that's like, I look at that all the time. And I always think like one day, like I'm going to get a million dollar check for something. I don't know what that's going to be, but I know it's going to happen. Um, and I still don't know, to be honest, like I really yeah. don't know what, what would give me a check for a million dollars, but just having that there, like I look at that and I think about it all the time. And they say that one thing that you should do is you manifest it. Yeah. And that's part of manifestation is looking at it every day and be like, I'm going to do that. And the same thing, you know, is just knowing like you're saying, yes, that's going to happen. 
yes, I'm going to do that. So it's like, yes, I'm going to blow up this podcast. So I am going to change my logo because I know that it's coming. You know what I mean? So I love that. I know. And like, you know, I hope somebody listened to this right now is like, is hearing this and they're like, it's something that they needed to hear because um, my biggest advice when I tell somebody uh, like, you know, they're like, oh, what's an advice for like me to get to where you're at? A lot of times I tell them, work like you've already made it like this is the work you're putting out is it's, it's it's great work it's like you're you're trying and I, what always got me was my self-conscious right it's like people uh, it's, what did people what are people saying about me in their heads it always got to me and i was like oh they're probably thinking that like oh, i'm this big shot youtuber even though i only have like a hundred followers hundred subscribers right like don't act like you have a hundred subscribers act like you have a million Get that GoPro, vlog in the airport. Who cares? Vlog in the middle of, of you eating. Like, that's not million subscriber YouTube qualities. That is you quality. And it's like, yes. I had to get out of my shell and I had to vlog everywhere and anywhere. And I don't care if I have a hundred followers or I have a million, you're going to vlog in that situation regardless and get over that, that shyness. Um, yes. I didn't use to shy. I used to not be able to vlog in an airport. It was I was scared. I was shy, and I was like, "Oh, when I get bigger, people were like, oh, that's a that's a famous YouTuber. Like, of course he's vlogging. No, start now because like you need to get that mentality going. Like, yes, I one hundred percent agree with that. Manifest it, guys. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so. Wow. What else do we, what else do we talk about? Uh, trying to make sure I don't go over something we already did. I can't believe we're only a second bullet that, that I had here. <laughs> <laughs> we got into some good, we got into some good discussions though. Oh, like, <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's move into, um, so your transition, right? So we already talked about Festic and where your transitional company, um, but let's talk about your transition where you were and where you're at now. If you want to go ahead and let us know where you, where you were at before this? Yeah. So, I mean, I think like when I think about a trans, when I think about the transition in my life, the biggest Mm -hmm. thing that I think about is in my career and making the switch from like, you know, working in medical devices into working in, you know, ticketing or working in the Mm -hmm. live music industry. It's really funny. I will say how much I've taken from working in medical and applied it really in music. Yes. Like a lot of best practices. Um, and, and actually a lot of things that I've like communicated with some of the leadership in my company. And they're like, mm-hmm. we're actually about to implement that. We love that idea. Like that's fantastic. Um, just best practices as it relates to like being professional and treating the music industry as a professional environment. Because I think that there are still a lot of, there's still a lot of gaps in it. Um, And I know like if anybody is listening out there that is a content creator, like more specifically, like a photographer and videographer, I don't care what they say. I don't care what the artist says or who the artist is. You get a contract. That way it is in writing what they owe you. It is in writing what you owe them. And it is in writing, like when that will be settled, like to me, things like that are super important. And I see all the time that, you know, people are getting, I don't know what the gypped, I don't, people are not getting their half fulfilled on one end or the other, because it was like, oh, well, they emailed me or, oh, well, they said this. And it's like, no, oh like you, you do have to put it in writing. And even I, my friends that I work with, we put it in writing. I am a victim. <laughs> so I, I believe it. I'm a victim. Um, I don't, I'm just not great with contracts, right? So I've never been, uh, like, but you said, you know, you can go ahead and look one up online and stuff like that. Totally. Something that I should have done, but I've, I've been not, I have not received money twice already for two gigs. Uh, for photography and it's like mm-hmm. at that point it's like I just wasted my entire day like I'm not here to have fun like I'm literally working I'm I'm, I'm sweating okay like I'm not here to sweat and not get paid for it so yeah I, 100% I, 100% time is valuable it's the only non-renewable resource it's the only you know money is renewable mm-hmm. you can put all your money into a business you can lose it and you can go back out and you can make it again even if that means working retail at a fast food restaurant like you can still make money mm-hmm. time you'll never get back so to me it's not fair if you're putting your time in and somebody is not giving you what you've agreed on so yeah writing is huge like putting things in writing in a contract is huge 
and you can literally type in like freelancer template on Google and find it. And just like even something simple, it also makes it feel committed on both ends. So I'm a huge, huge right. fan of contracts. I'm write that down real quick. <laughs> write that down. Freelancer template. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> Cause I definitely need to get these. I need to work on it. And I know, I know what I need to work on, which is good. Right. I need to work on like getting these contracts up and doing, cause I have a, a huge, large scale of like things that I know how to do and I need to put it in writing. Hey, here's what I'm going to like off offering. Totally. Here's what What's I want. What's the exchange? Mm -hmm. Exactly. What's the exchange? What are you giving them? And what are they giving you and two signatures to seal the deal? Otherwise, like I don't do, you know, and I, I don't, I won't do the work. I'd be like, you've got three days. Cause I'm leaving in three days for this mm -hmm. event and I'm going to need this. Otherwise I'll take your product. I'm not doing any of the imagery that I promised because I need, I need your signature on this and like, watch how fast they sign that contract. Cause they want the work in exchange or you withhold it. You say, I did my images, but I noticed that you didn't sign the contract. I'm going to need that before I submit my images for you. Yeah. And like, they'll do it. Yeah. It's just a huge learning curve, especially with like a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out, like they see, they see like me and like maybe some other like content creators or photographers or videographers. Right. And everybody love, they like, I want to be that guy. Right. But they're, it's really hard to understand everything that they need. And even though they ask all these questions, it's like, Oh, well, you need a contract. Cool. Like, I don't know what I'm even supposed to. Cause for I, sure. I, I, the main question I guess all the time is, what is my value? I don't know how to tell you that, but I can kind of assume I can like kind of tell you what you shouldn't get paid. Right. So like, I usually have like a, like a thing, like, like anything under $50, just turn, just no, that should be a no. Everything should be a, over $50. And then sometimes even up to like $300, depending on the work that you're, that you're trying to accomplish. Right. So like, but the thing is like, what's their budget, right? What is like, so there's like a lot of things that you go ask. with it. Mm -hmm. So you ask everything's very specific. So I really can never tell somebody like a direct answer. But I usually can give like a like a range, but it's like a huge question people ask me all the time. What is my value? Can you just tell me? I'm like it's really hard to like tell you what you're valued at, and like I could see your numbers and stuff like that. I can see the views you have, and I get I get all that. But it's also not just based on that. It's also based on what kind of content are you gonna provide? You know. Totally. So I think you got to think about it too. Like you know, for any of the content creators that are that are listening to this, if you're an influencer, um, if you're po like a post is worth a certain value. It's great. It's good in the moment, but what lasts longer are the pictures of you that they can reuse every single year, right? Mm -hmm. Like the post itself has a lot of value to it, the drives to the links and whatnot. But if you're like, I'm going to do one post and provide you five images, that's a lot more valuable because now they can use those five images however they want. They own those photos. Mm -hmm. So like, there's that. Um, speaking about it in depth in a podcast or a YouTube that has long lasting value because of the searches that are generated from it. Right. Um, you know, searching on Google or searching on YouTube for reviews on this reviews on that or whatever people are utilizing that feature all the time. Yeah. Those are um, my contracts all the time is like, uh, like, can you provide a YouTube and like, and then now that I have this podcast, they're like, how does a podcast sound to like an episode of a review for us? I'm like, Oh, she that's, that's going to be my contract now. <laughs> like <laughs> totally. But it's like about your time. So how much are you willing to exchange? Like, this is how much time it, it costs me. This is the rental of the equipment that I need. Mm -hmm. You know, well, obviously you own it, but they should be paying sort of like a, a portion that you would consider like a rental fee right. for utilizing it to talk about their product. And then you package it, you know, you package it really nicely and say like, this is what my a la carte cost is, but mm -hmm. in a package, this is what it looks like. So if you want to separate these different pieces, I'm going to give you, that's okay, but it's a higher price and then packaged, it's all nice and bundled and discounted for you. You know, think yeah, about like yeah, how exactly. you buy stuff, right? Like True. When you're like, buying like I quantity, just bought these microphones just to do in-person podcasting. Like everything's, every, you know, it's one thing I was watching, I was listening to this podcast and they they have it on Twitch, which is probably one thing I'm going to start doing as well. I'm going to start streaming it as well. Yes. Um, I Do think it. what I've been seeing is people are like taking uh, questions from the in-person podcasting. They're taking questions and then they're reading them out loud and answering them. And then the people who paid take priority, right? So they get to the non-paid ones if they can. But if you paid like five or 10 bucks, cool. Only your question is getting read. So like at that point, you could just. 
subscribers on Twitch are that whole subscription model is fantastic. It's a low cost. It's like $5, but then you get all these cool benefits and it's a recurring revenue. And that's in order to build a company and build a brand, the recurring revenue piece, it's not just getting that $5,000 contract. It's about getting that $5,000 contract for the next six or 12 months. Yeah. That's what keeps these companies alive. So where are you at right now? You're in LA? I am. So um, I am. How long have you been in LA for? I have been here since September 1. So coming up on four months, is that, yeah. oh my gosh, is that right? Holy crap. <laughs> that time flies, huh? <laughs> it's insane. I'm like, I can't believe we're in just, I can't believe somebody posted online. Uh, it's 10 days until Christmas. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so insane. I know. And I just need time to stop for just a second. Cause I just need there to be more hours in the day. Same. Um, but you came from Denver. Can you tell me a little bit about the difference in living in Denver and then living in LA? Cause I mean, we could talk about the music all day, right? It's like, well, what's the difference on that? Oh yeah. Uh, so the difference between Denver and LA, it's funny because I feel like anybody that has made that move or anybody that frequents both will yeah. like say the exact same things. The biggest thing is that LA definitely moves a lot faster. It's just like everybody and it's super condensed. Like everybody in entertainment lives here. You know, everybody that are that are from these like really big companies, booking agencies, Live Nation, et cetera, they're all living here. So it just like moves really fast. Um, in terms of like in the industry, in terms of like consumer and ticketing and things like that, where are all the base shows? I've literally found like two companies <laughs> to give me the base that like I could literally find on a Tuesday night at 7 15 PM, probably with a dinner at the black box, you know, base <laughs> yeah, right. show in, in Denver, like, but here it's really hard to come by. Um, techno and house and minimal are like really really huge here so that's like another really big piece to it not saying it's a bad thing um respect to all those house fans out there i just i love my ba my mm. base um so 1720 warehouse is the one that i've noticed is like the one venue that really offers uh, a lot of that here which is great well, what do you do? You, uh, well, maybe you've just been there for four months, but like out of the four months that you've been living in LA, how do you feel about the respect towards like, you know, women in this in this like EDM industry, um, specifically like in the working uh, industry for the for EDM? Yeah, that's a good, a really good question. You know, oddly enough, like I do feel it's been tough. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say from start to finish, if you're a woman in the space, it's incredibly tough to be taken seriously. Because even when I was running Festival Squad and I was asking for artist interviews, I always felt like I was being treated like a fangirl or like, well, why are you asking for yeah. my artist interview? And so that's very difficult to, over to overcome, especially when you're just establishing a brand. Um, but I feel like here there's a lot of, there's, there's a bit more respect um, for women in the industry. And I think maybe it's because there are some serious powerhouses of, of mm -hmm. we, women out here. Um, so I think maybe it's just like, they're more accustomed to it. Whereas in Denver, maybe there's not quite as many women, um, in the music space and in the music industry. So it's not as familiar of a territory. I honestly um, feel like you're right. There, like, like there isn't that many, like at least in, in, in the Denver, Colorado area, like women like in charge, women like running the shows for a lot of things. It, there's a small amount of them, but there's not like an overpowering amount where I could see LA a hundred percent, just like you powerhouse population. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like st statistic wise, it makes sense. There's a lot more people here. So there would be a lot more. So I think that that makes sense. So not knocking on Denver mm -hmm. because I freaking love that city and I love it as a music city and as a city to live. I love living there. Um, but I definitely think it's like more common here to, you know, find a woman that's like running a very successful company in the yeah. music space or a really successful agent. Yeah. Same thing as like, uh, when I, when I know it's like New York and like, I see like all these females running all of these, uh, companies or like running, like doing all these interviews. I, I have friends that like, that I rave with and like, 
I'll be back. I got to do like this huge interview where there's like huge artists. And I'm just like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just really cool. Just, just, just seeing the growth uh, of like women in the industry and doing more than just, you know, not, not, uh, da, you know, dogging on any of like the women in general, but like, um, you know, it's more than just a pretty picture these days, right? It's more than just a picture for Instagram. You, you know, uh, you, you women are doing a lot more for the industry than just that. And it's, I, I keep telling all my friends, like I, literally every week I, I tell a new firm, like, it's just so cool just seeing like, like, you know, these women, like just rocking the show, like, you know, doing more than like, than guys can do. And it's just really cool to see, honestly. I appreciate that. And I think so. (laughs) I think so too. Like anytime I come across uh, a woman in the space, I'm like, you go get him. You keep crushing that. You keep knocking down those walls and like, you keep, you keep doing what you're doing. And it's really cool to see. And it takes, you know, it takes uh, females like you and like other females who have done it, you know, before like this year, like, you know, when people, when people have been starting this like 2015 and those years and stuff like that, you're showing women like nowadays that it's possible. Right. So like then uprise in DJs and uprise in like producers and uprise in like festival market coordinators, it's growing because of, you know, females like you who like initially started, it's almost like a movement. <laughs> like, like we're here, you know, we're doing Thank you. So it's, a, it's, and I was talking about that in my last episode is like, you know, it takes one to initiate like we can do this so i mean i feel like you got probably like hit in the females like around your like year and stuff when you guys started like building up and so i got hit the hardest because like you know there was a lot of doubt like oh like they can't do it and, and you weren't taking seriously as, as much as other people but you were like it's that consistency and never quitting and like i'm gonna keep doing this like this is what i want to do that let other females think like no it's possible Let, let's do this right so like i think that contributed to a lot of uprise with like females in the edm scene especially DJs for sure. DJs are like, wow. And they're great. Too. I love it. Shout out to Kiva and shout out to a hundred drums. Cause I love those ladies. And uh, yeah. And I just like love the rise to stardom. It, it, it's so, it's just so cool to watch. At least from like my perspective, I just think it's just so, so cool. Um, let's move on to another topic. What else do we got here? We got home base Orlando as another topic. So you helped with that or can you can you talk a little bit about like what year as well? I don't even know what year that that happened. Oh my god. I only went to home base once and that was that was 2019. And I didn't go this year because I live in Orlando now. They actually had EDC. Oh sorry, they, they had home base right across the street. So I'm like, I don't I feel guilty and I don't feel right if I complain about money if I go and buy a room. <laughs> I, I, no, I totally get it. Definitely. It's an invest. It's another investment experience. Um, shout out Brian, who is literally just his whole story about how he built that brand, like is super impressive. So if you haven't spoken to him on a, on a podcast, I highly recommend it because he's such a smart guy. Yeah. We will definitely have um, him on at some point. Um, I definitely one of my 2022 guests <laughs> for sure. You should. He is, he's so, he's such a good business person. Um, so definitely talk to him, but yeah, not, not involved in like the coordinating side okay. or like necessarily putting on the event or anything like that. That is literally like all Brian and Darren. Um, but for me, the way that we got involved was actually through Festivate. Um, so we offered to come in and help with sponsorship. So we helped out during the very first ever home base event, um, which was, I believe 2018. And we wound up, Amanda and I, we wound up, um, working to find sponsors for the event as an inaugural event, which is very difficult. Um, but being able to secure deep Eddie vodka and Red Bull partnerships, as well as fancy unicorns. So we got some really cool fans and whatnot there that we were able to give to some of the guests. Um, it was such a great experience. I, it I'm gave us curious. a lot of insight. You, you said Red Bull and I was like, wait a minute, that's, like, that's huge. How did you guys get to like, like, cause it's just so hard, right? Like, oh, hey, there's like an event that's never happened before. We have like no data on it. You should sponsor. <laughs> So a lot of times with new events like that, you can also do like in-kind sponsorships mm-hmm. and in-kind is like they'll donate product in exchange for a sponsorship. 
So if they're not open to a monetary investment in Mm -hmm. the first year, it's just a great way to start the relationship and to really seal that together and say like, look at our successful event, look at our, just like you said, look at all the data. So then in year two, you can leverage that and utilize that in order to get them to to put a monetary value on the partnership. So a lot of times you start there and I I'm a big fan of that. I know a lot of people are like, you know, you wouldn't, you don't want to do that. But I honestly think you would like let them get their feet wet. And then in year two, when you're like, we sold out all these rooms, we did this, we did that. Here's some pictures that you can use. You have first right of refusal. If you don't want to be our energy, energy drink sponsor, there are others that we can reach out to, but we want to give you the first ability to be that for us in year two, you know, did you? You're fucking amazing. <laughs> what, a, what a confidence booster. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just like, I, I, it's funny because like, I just cannot fathom, like, you know, even, even thinking of like, how, like if I had to get a sponsor, like, I feel like, I feel like all this information, I would, I would just have to call you, man. I just don't even know how to even start. Like, <laughs> totally, totally. Look, please. Like, I'm happy. Like one of my favorite things and like obviously I'm in sales like ticketing you know (laughs) sales like is my thing um my favorite part of sales is negotiating I love to negotiate so if you're ever like hey I've got this company they're interested in working with me like this what they said like what Mm -hmm. do I do oh yeah I'll give you the rundown like okay (laughs) here's what you're gonna say here's what they're gonna say back if you're gonna say this they're gonna come here and then you got what you wanted you know what I mean like it's fun and I don't think I just speak for like myself I feel like I speak for like a literally like 95% of people we're just really bad at like like I said figuring out our value so we don't really know how to negotiate because we really don't even know what we're supposed to be negotiating (laughs) totally but the first couple of times that you get it down the first couple of times Mm -hmm. you're like I get it. You're going to be like, I get it. Okay. I understand now. Like I see where the value is because they're asking for something and I'm, I'm asking for something in return. You see where that push pull is. And as soon as you see that push pull, like what they're pushing on and what they ask for, that's your value. And then, you know what I'm saying? And so like, you just kind of figure out this little game of tug of war. (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Let's see. So let's talk about some of the accomplishments that you had. Um, I have on here publication worldwide for festival babies. You want to talk a little bit about like what accomplishment that was? Yeah. So wait with, uh, sorry, which, which company? Did uh, you Fest- oh, sorry. I said, there goes, there goes me just know, rambling like- on random names. Um, festival squad publication worldwide. Yeah. So our biggest accomplishment to date was, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 2016, 2017, we had a publication. We were the publication that mm-hmm. attended the most music festivals, like boots on the ground worldwide. So I think in that year we tended, we attended and wrote about as press 150 music festivals. So it was worldwide. Like it was pretty cool. We had people all over the place. Um, shout out to the team because they were just making things happen. And we were just pumping out festivals, oh just sending, we had like four people at like over the same weekend at the same time at different festivals. It was just nuts. I mean, that's just so cool. Cause like having that many people right at the same time is like the one, the fact that you're able to even send people that many people at once, you know, right. You guys are obviously doing something right. If you're able to get these, uh, these people like press passes to that many festivals in one weekend is like, it, it, it's super funny. Cause like when I see like uh, companies grow and they're like for now it's like a, when I see like a company like oh hey can we do a meetup but we gotta do like four meetups we have like four different locations I'm like that's what's up man like now you're like you're showing your growth I feel at that yeah a hundred percent well um, let's see what else do you have going on um like like event wise festival wise concert wise one that best ticket is really like pushing up and then one that you're personally like attending yeah. So, um, this is like a great way to close out actually, because I realized I'm actually 15 minutes late to a client call. Um, so I know I was like, I'm getting a text, like, Hey, are you joining? I'm like, Oh shoot. See, this is perfect. what happens when we have these great conversations. Yeah, perfect. We're um, <laughs> so favorite, like things that I'm excited about. So paradise blue is obviously like one of the most exciting ones, especially mm-hmm. just being able to work with 
excisions team, the Disco Donnie Presents team, the Feline team, like they're just incredible, hardworking people. So that's coming up here soon. And you I will April? be there. Yes, end okay. of April. So very excited about that. Uh, we just signed on Danny Wimmer Presents as uh, a an exclusive travel partner, which is one of the biggest uh, independent rock promoters, if not the biggest independent rock promoter in the United States. I grew up on rock music. So like my we, parents- I literally talked about the last up. episode. We all grew up on rock. I, I don't care. If, like, I, yes. I, haven't heard some, I haven't heard somebody say, well, for the most part, it's all rock. So. Yes. And it's like old school, like Guns N' Roses yes. <laughs> and like Kiss. And my parents looked at that lineup and they were like, Steph, I want to go to this. So I actually think I'm going to take my parents to Welcome to Rockville, Daytona Beach. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, let's see other ones. There is a festival that's unannounced. That's going to be coming to downtown LA with a new mm -hmm. client. So I can't share much info, but he did just lock in uh, a couple of his artists and it's looking fantastic. So I'm really excited about that. Um, let's see. There are gem and jam music festival. We're a promotional partner for them. Love the whole concept of the gems yep. and love like the lineup and, and, and the experience that they curate. There's just like, there's a lot and it's crazy. Like how many festivals I think about in one day, but those are like the first ones that come to mind probably because I've touched base on each of those today. Yeah. Just recently. Yeah. Oh man. I don't want to keep you up any longer. I know you got <laughs> things going on, uh, but before we end the podcast, I would love for people to find you uh, on all your socials. If you don't mind just plugging those in. Yes, absolutely. So I'm uh, on Instagram at sites and sounds with staff. Uh, or no, site sound stuff. Wow. So you were talking <laughs> about the website earlier. Site, as in like your eyesight, sound stuff. Uh, Facebook, you should be able to find me, Stephanie Rosa. Or if you type in like Festival Squad, Stephanie Rosa, you can usually find me that way too. And then LinkedIn. I'm always down to connect on LinkedIn. And I believe that my like handle is like Festival Steph. Um, but if you type in Stephanie Rosa festivals, I'm usually, I'm the first one that pops up. And I think I pop up like in Google too. Yeah. I think LinkedIn is the only one where I have like my name, my actual name on it. <laughs> Ste uh, Stephanie Rosa is my name on it, but I think that my little like handle is festival. Oh, Steph. got it. Yeah. I, I, I got to go into my LinkedIn again and just kind of retweak a little bit, but Stephanie was so great having you on the, on the podcast. You Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this. I'm sure I'll have you on another uh, at another time, probably next year. Um, I'd love that. You know, best of wishes with everything going on. And congratulations once again, uh, big VP of sales. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me, Manny. Yeah. I hope you have a great holiday too. Like you deserve it and keep crushing it out there. I, I appreciate it. And to all the listeners, um, this is, will be available on all major platforms. The video version will be on YouTube. And like I said, every episode until the next one. 